believer in Christ, have you been praying for divine intervention or God's help in real, overwhelming needs in your life? Have you asked Jesus to immerse and envelop you in the power of the Holy Spirit? The same power that he operated in to heal the sick, cleanse lepers, cast out demons, raise the dead, and perform mighty miracles is available to you today through the same baptism in the Spirit that he himself received. The next few minutes can revolutionize your life as you learn how to be clothed with power from on high. Welcome to the Real Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Lambert. In an hour when deception and apostasy is rampant on earth, the need for proclaiming the real truth has never been more desperate. Jesus prophesied, An hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Proclaiming the real truth of the written and rhema prophetic word of God that he is revealing in this hour is our goal. Affecting real change in the hearts and minds of believers in Christ in order to fulfill the purposes and plans of God is our purpose. Friends, Throughout this teaching series, I am leading you on a journey to discover the real truth about a matter second in importance to none except salvation itself, which is the matter of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Each segment of teaching is one vital link in that journey, which leads ultimately to the real truth concerning the role of the third member of the Godhead in your life, whom Jesus himself called the Helper, that is, the blessed Holy Spirit, the living waters of God. God says in Hosea 4.6 that his people, that means born-again believers, Christians, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Ignorance or lack of knowledge concerning spiritual matters not only is not bliss, but it is an open gateway to devastation and destruction. Jesus taught that the knowledge of the truth sets free, which inherently means that what you do not know of the truth will keep you in bondage. The unfortunate truth is that many born-again believers are being held captive by lack of knowledge of the truth and deceptions concerning this critical matter of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. 
Now some of the main points I am going to be establishing and providing scriptural support for during the course of this teaching are that 1. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate and distinct or adjunctive experience to the infusion of the Holy Spirit that takes place at the moment of salvation. 2. Regeneration by the Spirit, that is, salvation, the new birth, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit are two distinct and separate workings of the same Holy Spirit. In salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live within the believer, imparting the fruit of the Spirit, that is, the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit. In the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the believer is enveloped by or immersed in the Holy Spirit, that is to say, the Holy Spirit comes upon the believer, in contrast to in the believer, and imparts the gifts of the Holy Spirit. These facts are clearly supported by Scripture and are exemplified by the experience of Jesus himself, who is our supreme model. Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. Jesus explicitly stated that the baptism in the Holy Spirit will be given to any believer who simply asks him for it. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift of grace received by faith and often imparted through the laying on of hands by other anointed believers. Summarizing briefly, in previous segments we established conclusively and incontrovertibly from Scripture that the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a separate and distinct or adjunctive experience to the infusion of the Holy Spirit that transpires at the moment of salvation. To state it another way, regeneration by the Holy Spirit in salvation, the new birth, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit are two distinct and separate workings of the Holy Spirit that perform different works and impart different benefits. In salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to live within the believer, becoming in the believer a well of water springing up in contrast to out unto eternal life, Jesus explained in John 4.14. This is the regenerative work of the Holy Spirit at the moment of salvation, wherein the Holy Spirit takes up residence in the previously dead human spirit, connecting the person with God imparting the life of God, and thereby causing the believer to become a partaker of the divine nature, as Peter stated in Second Peter 1.4, along with the accompanying attributes of God, that is, the nine fruit of the Spirit, enumerated in Galatians 5.22 and 23. 
It is the presence of these fruit in the life of the believer that gives evidence and testimony to the fact that a person has indeed been born again by the living and abiding Word of God and through the supernatural regenerative work of the Holy Spirit in salvation. However, in the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the believer is enveloped by or immersed in the Holy Spirit. This is to say, the Holy Spirit comes upon the believer, in contrast to into the believer, encompassing or overshadowing the born-again or regenerated human spirit that has been infused with the Holy Spirit and supercharges the believer with the dunamis power of God rather than the life of God, imparting upon the born-again child of God the nine supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit, also called the manifestations of the Spirit, which are enumerated in 1 Corinthians 12, 8-10. These manifestations of the Spirit are inherent in the living waters that Jesus said in John seven thirty-seven through 39 would flow out of, as opposed to being contained in, the innermost being, or human spirit, of those who believe in him and been regenerated or born again by the infusion of the Spirit into their previously spiritually dead human spirit. Verse 39 states, But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, while regeneration by the Spirit and empowerment by the Spirit are two separate and distinct workings or transactions of the Spirit, that is not to say that they cannot occur at the same time. Indeed, there are instances in the Bible where these transactions occurred contemporaneously, meaning at the same time. And I have personally witnessed this double blessing, if you will, occurring many times in my experience and ministry. That is to say, people were saved and baptized in the Spirit at the same time. I have also personally witnessed people being baptized in water and in the Spirit at the same time, wherein they came up out of the water worshiping God in a language unknown to them. Nevertheless, contemporaneous occurrence of these transactions of the Spirit does not indicate that these transactions are the same transaction or that they are not separate and distinct. To illustrate, as a former baseball umpire, I many times witnessed one form of what is known as a double play, when with a runner occupying a base, an infielder caught a line drive while simultaneously stepping on the base that the runner had vacated while attempting to advance toward the next base before the runner was able to return to the base. The catching of the line drive retired the batsman for one out, and the contacting of the base by the infielder with the ball in his possession with the runner off the base retired the runner for the second out. Voila! A double play. However, each of those actions by the offensive player was a separate and distinct transaction, even though, in that case, they occurred simultaneously. 
A player catching a line drive and contacting a base does not always produce a double play, but only in the case of a force out. These are separate and distinct transactions that can occur simultaneously, but are not required to occur simultaneously in order to affect the outcome each transaction affects. You're listening to The Real Truth Podcast. Other episodes of the podcast can be found at realtruthradio.com. Typology of Israel and the Two Baptisms For I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. 1 Corinthians 10, 1-4 The Israelites, according to what the Apostle Paul is pointing out in the above passage, experienced two separate and distinct baptisms or immersions into Moses, who was a type of Christ. This is a description of biblical typology that symbolizes the two separate and distinct workings of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers that God expects all believers to undergo. Paul told the Corinthians he did not want them to be unaware of the fact that the Israelites were all under the cloud of God's glory and presence, that is, His Spirit, that manifests all throughout their 40-year trek through the wilderness after being delivered out of 430 years of bondage in Egypt, which is a symbol of the kingdom of Satan and they all passed through the sea when they were delivered. And all this was a part of their experience of being baptized into Moses, who, as I said, was a type of Christ to them. Their having passed through the sea is a reference of passing through the Red Sea, which is a type of the blood of Christ, by which all believers are redeemed as well as the living waters of God in regeneration, which correlates to water baptism for the forgiveness of sins, as John the Baptist baptized people as a testimony of repentance during his forerunner ministry, preparing the way for the manifestation of the Christ or Messiah. Whereas them all, having been under the cloud, is symbolic of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, in that the cloud was the presence of God by day, and the pillar of fire by night was representative of God's essence by night. For our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews 12, 29. This also correlates to what John the Baptist said concerning Jesus. As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, and I am not fit to remove his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Matthew 3, 11. 
As they followed Moses, the Israelites were delivered, set free, and given a new life of freedom from the bondage of their slave masters and Pharaoh by passing through the Red Sea, through which their former captors could not pass, typifying the deliverance, liberation, and regeneration or new life believers in Christ experience. Then, during their forty years in the wilderness, they experienced daily the cloud by day and the fire by night, both manifestations in which God was demonstrating His constant and abiding presence in and providence over their lives. The former symbolized the regeneration and daily rejuvenation by the Spirit that the Israelites experienced and believers in Christ experienced. The latter symbolized the empowerment enduring from anointing of the Spirit of God over the Israelites and believers. Both regeneration of the Spirit and the empowerment of the anointing were, are, needed, and necessary. This all correlates to what occurred with the first disciples. They were born again, regenerated, in the upper room on resurrection evening. But nevertheless, Jesus commanded them to wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Luke twenty-four forty-nine. They were born again and changed into new creatures in Christ the internal workings of the Spirit was accomplished, but their ministry to others could not begin until the Holy Spirit had empowered and equipped them, anointed them, as He later did on the day of Pentecost. So also it is with every believer. The overriding issue, now that one is born again, is, as Paul asked the Ephesian believers, did you receive the Holy Spirit since you believed? Acts 19.2, King James Version. He did not question whether or not they were believers, and therefore saved, regenerated, born again. He obviously knew these men were genuine believers. Rather, what concerned him and impelled his question to them was their obvious lack of power. Indeed, this scenario underscores the fact that regeneration does not equip or empower us for ministry. Rather, spirit baptism or spirit immersion does. A well is not a river. A well is a container of water, but a river is a conduit of water. Both are needed and necessary, but one is for the individual and the other is for others to whom the waters of the Spirit flow. The Red Sea is needed and necessary, and where it all begins, but the cloud by day and the fire by night is where it all leads. Lest the point be lost in the intricacies of the symbology, let me reiterate that the main point of this portion of teaching is that the aforesighted passage of Scripture is proof of the overall point that the working of the Holy Spirit in regeneration and the working of the Spirit in baptism in the Holy Spirit are separate and distinct, or adjunctive, workings of the same Holy Spirit, both necessary 
and needed, one for salvation and the other for ministry unto others. Enjoying this podcast? Please take a minute to pray if the Lord would have you to help us with the substantial financial burden of this program. We receive no grants or funding from any organization or government agency and no other means of support than the gracious and generous giving of our listeners. SLM Inc. bears the entire burden. In about 30 seconds, you can donate at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Again, that's paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to give any amount. Thank you for your gifts, generosity, and graciousness. The Holy Spirit's dual work in Jesus and us, conception and anointing. As with Moses in Egypt, killing the Passover lamb, and putting its blood in the basin did not deliver Israel. The blood had to be applied to the doorpost of each person being saved. Without the application of the blood, the Israelites' firstborn would have died with the Egyptians. Identically for us, the blood of Jesus must be applied personally to each one. It is this fact which necessitated the Holy Spirit's second work in Jesus. By that, I refer to the anointing that came upon Jesus in the Jordan and which initiated his public ministry. The two works of the Spirit Jesus experienced were conception and anointing. Conception occurred in the womb of the Virgin Mary, and anointing occurred during his baptism in the Jordan River. One without the other would have left his mission incomplete. Jesus' conception by the Spirit was for the purpose of his incarnation and redemption. The angel explained this to Mary. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Luke one thirty five. In calming Joseph's fears about Mary's pregnancy, the same angel said, She will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Matthew one twenty one. The work of conception pointed toward the cross and redemption. Jesus' anointing by the Spirit imparted the miraculous power needed for his public ministry. He explained this in his first sermon in Nazareth immediately following his baptism when he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year 
of the Lord. Luke 4.18-19 Prior to his anointing, Jesus healed no sickness, cast out no demon, performed no miracle. That changed immediately with the Spirit's descent upon him. To be thorough students of the Word, we must be theologically confirmed in both aspects of the Holy Spirit's ministry in Jesus. Conception equipped Him for the cross and mankind's redemption. Anointing equipped Him for the miraculously endowed works of the gospel. Not only so, but we must realize that the Holy Spirit has more purpose for us than just our new birth slash conception. We too urgently need His anointing. Much of modern Christianity ignores this vital truth. All these truths concerning these two separate and distinct workings of the Holy Spirit in regeneration and empowerment of believers are clearly supported by Scripture and exemplified by the experience of Jesus Himself, who is our ultimate model, as well as the experience of the first disciples of the early church. Now, if you want that baptism in the Holy Spirit I've been talking about and would like to know more about it and how to receive it, I've written a book and even recorded an audio book of the book that will help you with that. The book title is Dunamis, Power from on High. Dunamis, Power from on high. Now this concise book explains what the baptism in the Holy Spirit is, the scriptural precedent and proofs regarding it, how to sort out the real truth from all the diverse teaching that exists concerning it based on scripture, and it provides some simple explanation for receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And if you have not done so yet, I want you to have this special book and or audio book I've prepared for you to help you understand it and to receive this powerful working of the Holy Spirit in your life. So I am making the book itself available to you for a donation to the Real Truth Radio program or podcast of any amount. For those of you who can, please make a donation of at least $20 to cover both the publication cost of the book as well as the shipping and handling. And if you can, send more to help us to send the book to someone else who cannot send a donation. However, for those of you who cannot make a donation of $20 or more, we will send you the book for a donation of any amount. So again, 
You may request the book separately for a donation of any amount. And if you can, please send a gift of at least $20 if you are able to do so. Now, if you would also like the eight-disc set audiobook to go along with the book, please send a donation of $50 or more to cover shipping and handling for both products and the products themselves. Again, that's a donation of $50 or more to cover shipping and handling for both the book and the 8-CD set audiobook. Now, there are three ways for you to place your orders for these products, by U.S. mail, through our website, and even by email, plus an online donation. If you are ordering by U.S. mail, please send your request to The Real Truth, Post Office Box 911, Jupiter, Florida, 33468. Again, that's The Real Truth, Post Office Box 911, Jupiter, Florida, 33468. When you write... Be sure to provide the date you heard this program, the website on which you heard the podcast, or the call letters of this station that you heard the program on, along with your name and complete mailing address. You can also order the book and audiobook online on our website at realtruthradio.com where you can place your order by clicking on the PayPal Donate button to use any bank card which does not require a PayPal account. Again, go to realtruthradio.com to place your order and where you can also listen to the recordings of all our podcasts. Now, you can also order the book and or audiobook online via email with an online donation at paypal.me forward slash SLM Inc. Now send the email to orders at realtruthradio.com orders at realtruthradio.com and then go to paypal.me forward slash S-L-M-I-N-C to make the donation. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Real Truth. I'm Stephen Lambert. Please subscribe to the podcast Share with your friends and visit realtruthradio.com to join our mailing list. Be sure to tune in to the next edition of The Real Truth. Until then... This is Stephen Lambert reminding you that with God all things are possible and all things work together for good to them who love God and are called according to His purpose.